0: Alright, and I <clears throat> I think we're live. It's not, okay, yeah, there we go. We are live. It, it doesn't show me for a couple of seconds, so I'm not sure ever. And I always, I'm like, I click the button, I hope it works. Alright, so, welcome back to the least professional show on YouTube. We, uh, we're of course signifying our uh, lack of professionalism. By being a bit late today. We are quite a bit late. We're a lot later than we normally are, but we apologize for that. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we are here, and we are ready to go. Uh, darling, mm. would you like to read us the first story?
1: Uh, first of all, I oh, would no. like...
0: Do we have something else do we have to say?
1: I do have to say something. Oh, okay, uh, go for it. I, do... I did miss the chat from Patriot Daniel.
0: Oh! Oh! Last you found it.
1: Last, yeah, I took a picture after we finished our live. Nice. And I saw the comment. So, Peter Daniel, my miss super chat from Friday. I'm planning my escape from New York. 7k in property taxes to drive on roads that look like IEDs. (laughs) When of every 100 yards.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So what, what is he saying? He's moving out of New York? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I I, um, I used to live in New York. And when did I live there? I think like 2003, I think I lived mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, and I liked it. I mean, the only thing I didn't like about it was that the people I worked with were crazy. Uh, I worked for a production company called uh, RCN Entertainment. I probably shouldn't mm. say that, but um, <laughs> the women who were the executives at that company were insane. They were like psychopaths. Uh, normally, I wouldn't talk crap about people uh, uh, that I had worked with in the past. You know, you shouldn't do that uh, as a rule generally. But these women were crazy. Like they made their their secretary cry every single day. Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was. I mean, literally, she was crying every single day. And so they they put me in charge of the office. I was the office manager there. Uh, I started out as an intern and I, after three days I got an interview, which is great. And after three weeks I was the office manager, which is fantastic. And after three months they fired me. And the reason they fired me is because, so I was in charge of all the interns, right? And um, they, they, uh, they, they used to scream at the interns. If the interns would mess up some little, mm-hmm. like, little thing. And some of the things were a little bit more significant, but they would just scream at them. And uh, these interns were working for free. How is it
1: possible?
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, I was basically, like, at least some part of my job, some small part of my job was to tell these interns, look, I'm going to make life awesome for you because these these executives are crazy. I know that. And in order to get this company working, I need to basically, like, treat you well. So I'm going to treat you well as a counterpoint. I was like the good cop to their bad cop. In In a way, it ended up working like that. But I hated them. I hated them and uh they started yelling at this guy who messed something up and i stood between them physically stood between them like uh which which i think was actually just <laughs> and i said look don't yell at them i'm in charge of them i actually work here and get paid mm-hmm. if you're going to yell at somebody yell at me <laughs> and they kind of stopped they like looked at me like what the hell Walked back into their office and then later that day they called me to their office and fired me because I was like, look, these guys, these guys, they're, you know, they, they're, they they're here for like two days a week. They don't get a good sense of how they're supposed to do things. They're like fresh out of college if they even went to college and you're like sitting there screaming at them for making some kind of like small mistake, which they couldn't possibly have, you know, I don't know. It pissed me off. That was my first job. That was my first job after college. Uh, That wasn't really my first job Total, obviously I had jobs as a kid But that was my first job after college Working for a a production studio And they produced the children's show Reading Rainbow (laughs) Which, believe it or not Will be vaguely relevant Toward the end of this show As we get into the news here Uh, Not Reading Reading Rainbow per se But children's shows uh, Generally Yeah, let's do the intro Nope, that's the wrong one (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: Again, least professional show on YouTube. See you here. <laughs> toxic masculinity. All right, so uh, I'm toxic. She's masculine. Together, we are toxic masculinity. And Valeria, darling, shall we read the first story?
1: Yeah. Excellent. Biden working to mandate vaccine passports.
0: Biden is working to make... Yeah, this is a little bit terrifying if you're one of those people who doesn't want to get a passport, right? And there's a lot of people who don't want to get... Oh, no. Look what I've done again. Okay. Let's see here. I'll-, I'll get it, guys. Just give me a second. Mark Something.
1: says that Valera is whiter than ever.
0: <laughs> I'm slowly making her whiter. Uh, it's... Uh, there's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, the way I said it was kind of comedic, but I couldn't think of anything clever. Usually, when you do something like that, you're 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 sort of creating the setup for like some kind of joke. You're, but I I couldn't think of anything in time. All right, let's see here. Vaccine passports are on the way, but developing them won't be easy, says the Washington Post.
1: Maybe because it's unconstitutional.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's you can't do this you can't force people to reveal their medical information in order to allow them to do. No, you cannot. You absolutely cannot. We have a whole, we have a whole thing, uh, a set, series of laws. What what that? What the heck they call those laws. You guys can write it in the, um, I used to work for a plastic surgeon and I couldn't actually do, you know, I was just Photoshopping basically backgrounds of naked women. That was my whole job. It was a, it was not fun. Believe me, those women needed plastic surgery and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, You know, he wanted all the backgrounds of everybody to be the same, and but he don't didn't always take the photos in the same place. Mm -hmm. So I had to cut out every woman and put them on a blue background. That was my job. And um, you know, you couldn't you couldn't like alter the scars or anything like that. You couldn't make it look like he was a better surgeon than he was. But you could you know you could change the background, but um, because of the laws, because of the laws that uh, about revealing medical information. I could only work in the medical office. I couldn't actually do my work at home, which would have been a heck of a lot easier. Mm -hmm. If he had just sent me the images at home, I would have fixed them at home and sent it back to him. But because of the laws regarding medical information, I had actually go and use his computer and do it in his office, which Mm -hmm. was like a real pain. Um, But, you know, it was fine. It it was a reasonably well-paying job, and uh, I liked the guy. And and, uh, a black guy, by the way, black surgeon, plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills, Um so you know really oppressed. <laughs> really oppressed he grew up going to Beverly Hills high school with Lenny Kravitz <laughs> and he then he ended up going to Harvard his father was a gynecologist in Beverly Hills grew up like I, I, every you know all my experiences in life are just like Every time I hear CNN tell me that we live in like this terribly racist country, it's just such a c- contradiction to my own actually like lived experience, as they call it on the left, right? Lived experience, but my own life completely contradicts that. Like every everybody I've ever known that's black has not been oppressed. I mean, this whole thing is just anyway, whatever. Anyway. Vaccine passports on the way, so this is terrifying. Uh, developing them won't be easy, uh, nor nor legal, actually. <laughs> That's...
1: No, they should say uh, developing will be unconstitutional.
0: They should, but it's Washington Post, and so they're not going to write that. But let's have a look here. The Biden administration and private companies are working to develop a standard way of handling credentials, often referring to re- referred to as vaccine passports, that would allow Americans to prove they've been vaccinated against the novel coronavirus as businesses try to open. Um, now, they do mandate vaccines for, like, school children and stuff like that. So, in in those cases, you would have to prove that you've been vaccinated. Um so I I mean I suppose there I suppose it could be legal uh uh Yeah and and certainly you would want something like this I think if you did actually have something that was like insanely dangerous like something that would kill you like as soon as you breathed it in type of a thing you'd want to know that people are vaccinated against it as a way as a bulwark against spreading it through the population Um and so I could actually see this having some kind of like legal merit like you could do it you could implement it But I think that the point is really that this is such a this is such a much more mild virus than what we were sold, you know, especially now that that we have the vaccine. So many people are being vaccinated and so many people have already had the virus. And this is this I think is actually the major problem with this particular issue right now. It's like people want to demand that you've had the vaccine, but a lot of people have already had the virus. They are already immune to catching it again. Now you've pointed out, and we've talked about it, I think, on the show, that you can still catch coronavirus from a different strain if you've already had coronavirus, but it's incredibly rare. It's like one in a gazillion. It basically doesn't happen. Statistically, it's not. It's, it doesn't happen, right? This is like it doesn't happen. <laughs> so, so we don't have to take that into consideration. We can say if you essentially, we can say if you've had the coronavirus, you cannot catch it again, right? That's, that's a rule of thumb that you can go by that is valid enough that it is true, right? It's valid enough that it might as well be true. So you have to act as if that's the truth. And uh, But they're not. They're basically acting like if you get coronavirus, well, it doesn't matter. You can totally catch it again tomorrow. But that's just not true. It's incredibly unlikely you're going to catch it again. All right, well, let's read this thing. All right. <clears throat> The effort has gained momentum amid uh, President Biden's pledge that the nation will start to regain normalcy this summer with uh, with a growing number of companies from cruise lines to sports teams saying they will require proof of vaccination before opening their doors again. The administration's initiative has been uh, largely driven by uh, arms of the Department of Health and Human Services, including a an office devoted to health information technology, said five officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss the effort. The White House this month took on a bigger role, uh, coordinating government agencies involved in the work, led by coronavirus, corona, <laughs> coronavirus coordinator Jeff Zients, Zients? Uh, with the goal of announcing updates in coming days, said one official. Um, you know, one thing that's that's always a problem with having a left-wing administration, Democrats in office— is that they always want more power, more control. They want to interfere with your lives more and more and more and more and more. The great thing about having somebody like Trump in office, even if you are a Democrat and you don't like his policies, you don't like, you know, you, you're for social justice and, and you know, you love gays and black people and all that kind of crap. Uh, <laughs> you want to vote. Anyway, whatever. Um, even if you're one of those people, you're still better off with a Republican in many cases, even if the policies that you want aren't being implemented, because... Republicans are all about staying out of your life and having less government control and having more freedom and having more, you know, private control of everything. So you don't uh, you're not interfered with quite as much. You're not bothered. Like, um, obviously, I have a problem with a private company interfering in my life with the YouTube uh, constricting my my views. So in that particular case, I think that would be an instance in which Republicans would act against the company's private interests to protect my to, to protect my private interest. Because when you have companies that have that much power, their voice is not more important than the million voices that they're silencing. I'm sorry. If you can silence one company in order to free up the voices of a million people, yeah, you got to do that, right? That That is in the spirit of the First Amendment. Okay, moving on. Um. Yeah, our role is to help ensure that any solution in this area should be simple, free, open source, accept, uh, accessible to people both digitally and on paper, and designed from the start to protect people's privacy. Um, so the problem is they're acting like, you know, we're going to make this really easy for you so that you can, you know, you can get these, vac- you know, these, uh, this proof of vaccination. And, and you know, we're going to help you out to make this. no, 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 no. What you're doing is you're making it easier to F over people who don't want to get the vaccine. Right. The the faster you roll out some kind of vaccine passport, the the quicker you will be able to oppress those who don't want to get the vaccine. That's that's the problem. And honestly, I wouldn't mind this that much. It would be a problem for me. <clears throat> Obviously, this this vaccine passport thing, it, it, government mandated, that is government mandated version of it. If um if if it were like a normal vaccine it would still be a problem for me uh, but it, it wouldn't be as big of a deal i don't think if it was tr- a traditional vaccine But vaccines have been around forever right and we know they work they we know they're not particularly harmful to people well some people would disagree with that <laughs> valerie's looking at me like i'm crazy but this new vaccine in particular this is an experimental version of a vaccine this is an experimental version there are side effects that may be long term that we don't know about. So some people are hesitant to take it reasonably so, reasonably hesitant. And if you're a reasonably hesitant person and you decide not to take the vaccine, you should not be penalized for that in you know in the coming months, right? I mean, if you look at all the data, all the charts show that, you know, COVID deaths, COVID cases, everything's just gone gone down, it's all all going down even more and more and more and more. I mean, it's disappearing. It's going to be more or less, you know, not really an issue uh, pretty soon here. The passport is supposed to be free and available through application for smartphones, blah, 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 blah. Um, but then it comes down here, and then they start talking about the difficulties, which I like. I actually can't believe that The Washington Post did this, and maybe they did this as a way of saying, like, This is a shame that they can't. I don't know. I don't really know what their position is on this, but they're they're, definitely—they always got an angle that's anti-conservative. So I don't—I don't trust the Washington Post. Um, Other countries are racing ahead with their own passport plans. With the European Union pledging to release digital certificates that would allow for summer travel, um, which we want to travel to Europe during this summer. So I don't know how we're gonna.
1: I want to go to Italy.
0: Yeah. So
1: there is this rumors. I'm not sure if it's like 100% Uh uh, true that Italy. Um, wanted to, of course, bring the tourists back. Yeah. And um, if you will stay there for, let say, five days, government will pay for additional five days for you to stay there.
0: Right. Yeah, So you told that's me that.
1: why I kind of want to go there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why not?
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, we will probably be in Italy at some time in probably December. Uh, not December, sorry. Uh, September.
1: September, October. Uh, I
0: know words. <laughs> uh, September. No, you
1: don't. No, you don't. <laughs>
0: We'll probably be there either late August or early September, I think. Probably early September.
1: September, probably.
0: Yeah, probably September. Because I want that, because I would like to go for a while to Europe. And I want to I, I want to start at the north and go slowly south. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so we'll probably end up in Italy. We'll
1: meet in Italy.
0: We'll, we'll meet where?
1: <laughs> in Italy.
0: You don't want to go anywhere but Italy?
1: I, I have to go to Russia.
0: I know you have to go to Russia, but we anyway. Okay. We'll we'll discuss our personal travel plans after the show. <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's finish this up. Oh man, I hate it when this happens. Some of these news stories are a little bit too they're a little bit too um I kind of cover them up with my my fat head.
1: Right. <laughs> I would say ear. What's that? I would say fat ear.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll shrink that up so that people can see it a little better. All right, so the, a lot of Valeria, a little bit of me. I think that's what everybody likes. <laughs> that's a little, that's pre- preferable. Uh, let's see. Um, okay, U.S. officials say they are uh, grappling with an array of challenges, including, including pr- data privacy and healthcare equity. Healthcare equity, oh my gosh. I hate that word equity. I hate that word equity. It is such a lie. Everything about that word is a lie. And that whole concept. All right. They want to make sure all Americans will be able to get credentials uh, that prove that they've been vaccinated, but also want to step up systems that are not easily hacked or passports that can't be counterfeited, given that forgeries are already starting to appear. Maybe we need to find those people <laughs> who are doing that. One of the most significant hurdles facing federal officials, the sheer number of passports, uh, passport initiatives underway with the Biden administration this month identifying at least 17, according to slides obtained by the Washington Post, those initiatives, such as the World Health Organization-led global effort and a digital pass devised by IBM that's being tested in New York State, are rapidly moving forward. You know what I really hate about this, guys? This is the thing that drives me nuts, is that even though we're probably not going to end up using vaccine passport here in America for COVID, We'll probably end up with vaccine passports for other viruses. Like, like probably every virus going forward.
1: No, trust me. I think they are going to to do this with COVID and every next...
0: I, I don't think virus. so. Because I think COVID is going to be so insignificant by the time they get this stuff figured it's out.
1: It's not. Because this morning there was an article, like CDC person was like, cases are rising again. It's mm-hmm. going to be even worse. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that's true, though. I think they're wrong. I don't think they did. There are, there, cases are not rising. That's actually not true. Actually, let me just look that at that real quick.
1: They're going to make them rising. They bring in all of these immigrants. They're not testing them for COVID.
0: Let's, let's have a look here. So this is... Uh, sorry, I've got my, again, my fat heads in the way. Let me just move that out of the way. There we go. So you guys can see the cases here. I mean, cases are rising. What here at the very, their very bottom? Like, there's like a little bump. Cases are not rising. Look, look, cases have like almost collapsed. To they almost will. Nothing.
1: They will rise.
0: I don't think they will they're
1: rise. They're gonna say it's a fifth wave. There is a. Tenth oh, so wave. you're
0: saying that they're going to, they're going to indicate that it's rising, even though it's not.
1: Yeah, because every every autumn we have a flu.
0: Man, I can't believe. Like, so you guys, you don't understand. Like, Valeria didn't really know anything about politics when she came to america and she met me we started dating we i started my youtube channel we ended up getting married and now valeria is more cynical than i am <laughs> like she's she's like a hardcore right wing anti you know mainstream media anti-left like i mean valeria has gone way past me <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> You're looking at me like you want to kill me. No. <laughs> Disgust uh, and anger is what I'm getting off of right here.
1: Well, I'm I'm Russian, so we don't really no. like media there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you... See, so I think... Yeah, I, I do think that's really the reason. The reason is because you come from a place in which people were corrupt. Uh, and so coming to America seeing some corruption is something that to you isn't surprising. And so when somebody does something bad in America or something that seems a little fishy, you immediately assume that they're corrupt. And I, I'm like, you know, I'm a little bit more of an optimist. I grew up in a time when America, I think, was a little bit more honest. People were more honest, people were more trusting. Uh, and, and, you know, And so I grew up in an era where you just didn't expect people to be as as bad as they are now, and as criminal as they are now. So, I'm I'm becoming far more cynical. But Valeria's beating me in the race to become a a massive cynic about politics. <laughs> like she's just killing me on that. Anyway, sorry. What were we saying about that?
1: Just say anything. Oh,
0: okay. All right. Um. Well, that's about it. I mean, it. Uh, well,
1: one one hour ago, Washington. Um, not the Washington something one second boston globe
2: mm-hmm.
1: or new york times there's like one hour ago the cdc director warns of impending doom yeah. because of another surge growing mass and across yeah. the nation
0: democrats stoking hysteria that's uh oh, shocking i've never yeah it's i've like never, 20, never... 20,
1: 20 minutes ago one hour ago
0: all right let's f- finish this story up real quick here so um the busboy the janitor the waiter that works at the restaurant wants to be surrounded by employees that are going to be Be back to uh, going back to work safely and wants to have the patrons ideally be safe as well, said Brian Anderson, a a physician at Meacher, a nonprofit company that runs federally funded research centers who is helping lead the initiative, creating an environment for those vulnerable populations to get back to work safely. They always they always do this. They always like create a, a, a fake victim. And they create a fake bad guy, and then they go, "Look, that bad guy is—you know—we've. This is what you know, creating sympathy, creating this like emotional effect. I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's really patronizing, actually, the way they try to manipulate people with the, the way they speak. What if the busboy, the janitor, and the waiter? What if they don't want to get the vaccine? What if none of those guys want to get the vaccine? And what if they don't want to work in a restaurant that is filled with people who got the vaccine? I mean, I mean, honestly, most people don't care if somebody else gets the vaccine. But they themselves want to make the choice themselves. They don't want to be, you know, they don't want to be manipulated by the government to do it. This is just government manipulation and it pisses me off. Like, it makes me not want to get the vaccine. Just to just to, just because they're, they're, they're demanding yeah. that we do so. Uh, and they want to know that people coming back to their businesses are safe and vaccinated. You know, that would be a great scenario. Oh, go to hell. <laughs> Anderson's team is aiming to release its free software standards in April. Blah, 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 blah. Don't care. Uh, proof, of, proof of vaccination, Washington Post is saying, may be a critical driver for restoring baseline population health and uh, and promoting safe return to social, commercial, and leisure activities, according to the March 2nd slides prepared by the Office of National Coordination for Health Information Technology uh, and obtained by the Washington Post. But officials at the at the session... I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Attended by more than 150 staff from health, defense, homeland security, and other departments, uh, and even far-flung agencies such as NASA, warned of, confu- uh, of the confusing array of efforts underway for the credentials. Blah, 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 blah. I want to see what the other problems are. I'm looking for the other problems. Um, so then this other guy, the coordinator for health IT, said... Uh, that he didn't like the term vaccine passports, adding that passports are something that are issued by governments. I think of them as vaccine credentials or certificates. Yeah, well, exactly. That's the whole point.
1: The problem is that it's not going to be just passport for COVID. It's going to be passport for every single vaccine.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it will be. Uh, I, I want to see what the other issues they're having. All right. Many people see this as a key aspect to getting closer things closer to normal. Okay, here we go. There's evidence vaccine passports could motivate skeptical Americans to get shots. Several vaccine hesitant participants at a recent uh, focus group of Trump supporters or sorry, Trump voters led by pollster Frank Lunt suggested their desire to see family go on vacation and resume all aspects of daily life life outpace the fear for the shots, uh, particularly if travel companies and others move to require proof of vaccination. Exactly. This is a way of manipulating the people to do what you want.
1: I remember what I said.
0: Okay, what I were said you said
1: exactly? Like I, I said exactly this huh. a year ago when it's the whole thing started.
0: Yeah, what I am saying now. Yeah, y- the, and the... you were
1: like, "No, it's gonna be fine. Like two weeks, we're gonna be open, <laughs> everything is fine." <laughs>
0: I know, actually, you know, it was really funny when when this when the lockdowns started. You guys remember the lockdowns? Of course. Um, actually, it was only until like like what like a few weeks ago that we were released from. Our curfews here in in L. A. which is completely mm-hmm. mental. But a year ago, when the vac when the when the virus was sort of like spreading, Valeria was like, "They're going to lock us in our apartment. they're going to lock us in our apartment. We're not going to be able to leave." And I was like, "They would never do that. That's that's such an authoritarian thing to do that you you would never do it. Like you would never do it in America." And they flipping did it, and they shut down all the businesses. I I, I couldn't believe. It. I still can't believe they did it. I still can't believe it. It's so un-American. It was so awful and it did nothing. It did nothing. And uh, I mean, I mean for YouTube what I mean is it did everything. It was perfect. It saved lives. There was a total difference between how people got the virus and survived here in California versus, you know, somewhere like Sweden where they didn't have lockdowns. Completely totally life-changing. I mean, look at everybody in Sweden's dead now. Did you know that? They're all yeah. dead. They all died. Everyone, horrifying. No, not fake news. I promise. <laughs> look, I look. I yeah. It's it's ridiculous that we can't talk about this. It's so stupid because you know what happened in Sweden? Nothing. Nothing. They're fine. Everybody's fine in Sweden. They're happy. They're doing a hell of a lot better than we are. They're pretty much over the the virus at this point. But you know, but we had to kill our economy, kill people's jobs, kill people's businesses. It's ridiculous. All right, all right. Um, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Did we public- just
1: spend thirty five minutes on one article and we have seven?
0: Yeah, but I'm but I'm pissed off about this. Public health and and ethics experts agreed that Biden, the Biden administration need to take careful balance. Need to strike a careful balance, encouraging shots. And support the private sector initiatives, but don't put too much federal emphasis on the looming passports. If it becomes a government mandate, it would go down a, a dark road very quickly, said Brian C. Uh, Castrucci, who, who leads the Bethesda, Maryland-based uh, Beaumont Foundation. So this is the stuff I was talking about that I, I was actually impressed that The Washington Post put this in here. Um, a public health group funding Luntz's research into why some Americans are balking, uh, balking at the vaccine. It becomes a credential. It becomes a needing your papers, if you will. That could be dangerous, and it could turn people off. That's right, because we don't want to live in flipping Germany in the 1940s. We need to see your papers. Yeah. Papers. Oh, take this person to the concentration camp. I can do that accent because I'm German and because everyone should be able to do any accent they want at any time. Anyway, all right, so it has to, uh, okay, it has to be that everybody can get it, and it's their choice, as it were, um, uh, said Ezekiel Emanuel of the Pennsylvania bioethics expert, he's a Pennsylvania, okay, University of Pennsylvania, sorry, uh, bioethics expert who co-authored a journal of American, I can't read today, sorry guys, uh, blah, 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 one thing I'm concerned about is that people won't be able to get vaccinated for a variety of reasons. Okay, and then they go into that crap again. But I do like that what this guy has to say, this Brian C. Kastruschi, he's like, it can't become a mandate. It's got to be people's choice. Well, here's the thing we shouldn't have a damn passport because a passport means you can't do things unless you have the passport. That's what a passport is. You can't go into a country unless you have a passport to get in that country. You know, that says, I can travel. Right. Yeah, you
1: can uh, you can go on a plane with your ID. Yeah, you don't have to have a passport, but you have to have a vaccine passport.
0: Now, now you have to have a vaccine passport, or they're going to start doing that. Hopefully, this doesn't actually happen, guys. Well, it's and... already
1: happened in uh, Israel.
0: Yeah, and I think it's going to happen in Europe, which is ugh, so disappointing. But anyway, we'll figure. We'll have to figure out how to deal with all that. All right, darling. Um, sorry that took so long, guys, but that pisses me off, and I thought it was an important story. Shall we move on to the next story, my love? You're who? <laughs> my love. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. you act like I've never called you that before.
1: I, you ever? Every day you call me like this. Every day. Every single day. But
0: <laughs> not, publicly, not in front of people. Yeah, publicly. Yeah. No, no, I'm... I'm uh, sorry, it was a slip. I apologize. All thank right, you. Uh, let's move on to the next.
1: Biden stuffer physically blocks Ted Cruz from reporting on my, migrants. Biden what? Stuffed. St- stuffer biden St- stuffer stuffer that's what you wrote
0: i believe it's staffer
1: Staffer. <laughs> What's the difference? Uh,
0: well i don't know what a stuffer is but it sounds sexual <laughs> all right joey uh very inappropriate darling very inappropriate all right so let me uh let me go ahead and read this uh i'm sure you guys have all seen this video it's gone viral it's pretty crazy but uh, uh let's go ahead and play it for you if you haven't seen it already your
2: advisor, you were hired two weeks ago, and you're instructed to ask us. Please respect. Please give dignity to the people. Please give dignity to the people. So you work for the commissioner. Your senior advisor. You were hired two weeks ago, and you're instructed to ask us to not have any pictures taken please here. Please respect the because people, the, the political rules. leadership at DHS does not want the American people to know it. Please respect the rules. You keep sir? standing in in front of the pictures, so please you don't want the pictures rules. taken. The rules are arbitrary, and please they're designed the to keep the American the people, people in the Please respect the dignity dark. and respect. That's all we ask dignity well, no, it's and not. respect. You're asking is this please, dignity and respect? Look at these people. There's there's a and pandemic. To the people, let, let me ask, ask you. There, there's a pandemic. You, I respectfully ask you, sir. There is a pandemic. Is this respecting the rights of these I kids? Ask you, are respect you respecting the, the rights of these this kids? This is not a zoo, sir. Please yeah. don't treat the people. You're right, and this is a dangerous place. Please don't treat the and people. And your policies like this. Un- unfortunately are trying to hide them. I understand. You are instructed. When 18 I senators ask you came to down please here. Please respect the people, give them dignity respect and respect. I respect them and I want to fix this situation. We all want and to fix this. And the administration you're working for is anymore. responsible for these conditions. Please respect the people with dignity and, and respect. And sir. I ask you to respect the, the people as well. This I am respecting is not respect. you. I am respecting is, the people. This is not respect. <laughs> You know what she else? Uh, yeah. What
1: else she needed to say? Yeah, I'm the boss.
0: I'm the boss. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's? I mean, this could not be a more ironic. You know,
1: please respect the people. Please, can I stay less than one feet away from you?
0: Well, well the okay. way yeah, it's 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 bizarre because obviously they're not treating these people with the the utmost dignity. I mean, granted, like so during the the. Uh, during the trump administration you had kind of similar similar kind of stuff going on but you were dealing with far fewer people because the people weren't just coming up here in like these massive waves yeah and so they could treat people with a lot more dignity and a lot more respect than the biden than, than they're currently dealing with them with because there's just so many of them and that's biden's fault so biden is the one not treating them with dignity or respect obviously and then she's standing in front of like physically trying to obstruct Ted Cruz from video for videoing what's going on, reporting to the American people what's going on. and she's saying that he's not treating them with dignity. You're not treating Ted Cruz with dignity or respect. You're standing there you're totally disrespectful. The man is a very prominent representative of the American people. You are what? You're just some chick that was hired to you know have this sort of partisan interference. But instead of asking him politely, you're standing in front of the camera, totally disrespectful. One, two, these people who are being brought up here are being treated with disrespect because. Okay, you know you know how disrespectful it is to create a scenario in which little girls are given the morning after pill and told when they go on this journey they will be raped. It's like eighty percent of the girls who get who try to uh, try to immigrate into the United States illegally. 80% of them are raped. 80% of them. This is not a respectful way of treating people. You know, I, I can't, come on. Like, who's being disrespectful here? And what really pisses me off, and it really does piss me off, is that you got this group of Democrats sitting around thinking, you know, and they're sitting there trying to figure out what language they need to use to make it sound like the Republicans are the bad guys, right? Right? So sitting there they're going, "Okay, well, obviously this looks bad. Obviously we have all these people, you know, in these cells, you, you mean know." Burritos? Huh?
1: You mean burritos?
0: <laughs> yeah, they look like chipotle burritos, you know, or baked potatoes covered in in tin foil, and they're all kind of stuffed in these plastic cells. There is no
1: space between them. Yeah,
0: there's no space between them. It looks re- it looks terrible. It looks dirty. It looks Un, un unpleasant. Oh, which, by the way, I bought these, the Mylar blankets that they're sleeping under, because I want to sleep in this for one night, uh, and, and, uh, on the ground here, and we'll see, we'll see how they are. I'll, I'll go ahead and film it, and I'll, I'll tell you guys what I think. Uh, that'll probably go on a Mr. Reagan channel. But anyway, um, yeah, so you got these, you, you got all these people, they're treated very, uh, inhumanely because there's just so many of them coming over and so you know obviously there's going to be reporters eventually going to get hold of the footage right you know we, we saw what happened with project veritas we saw what happened when i think it was a democrat senator or something leaked some photos from uh took some photos and leaked it to the press and so you know they had this sort of crisis thing you know that happened at the, at the white house where they said okay how what are we going to say because they have these people who, who all they do is they figure out how to manipulate language to make the the democrats sound good and the republicans sound bad. And I think there's probably people in the Republican party that do this as well, but definitely not as many. And If we do, they're not that good at it. And I think the problem is, I've mentioned this before, is that Republicans care about the truth and Democrats care about the message. Uh, And you hear this all the time. In fact, you hear Democrats talking about that where they'll say, you know, the facts are important, but what's really important is the message because people need a story because that's what people care about. And they know that and they use that to manipulate people. It's terrible. So they get these little groups together and they come up with just the right language. And they say, what we have to say is that taking photos of these people in this bad condition that they're in, that we put them in, taking photos of them or taking video of them in that bad scenario that we put them in, that's disrespectful, right? It's like, I punched this guy in the face, he's bleeding, he's crying, you know, he, he, he's like, he's like lying on the ground asking for his mom, it's a pathetic sight, maybe he pees himself, you know, because I hit him so hard, and some guy's videotaping it, like, because it's obviously an outrageous thing that just fucking happened, I mean, that just happened, sorry, because uh, I punched the guy in the in the face. And the guy, and then and then people are like, you know, and then, and then I go get in front of him and I say, no, no, don't film him. That's very disrespectful. He's suffering. Can't you see he's suffering? Why would you disrespect him by taking a video of that right now? That's terrible. After I punched him in the face, he peed himself. And you're videotaping that. That's, you're a horrible person for reporting on this. Uh, yeah, no, Ted Cruz is just reporting on the disrespect that the Biden administration has shown for these people. And and Ted Cruz is being called disrespectful? Oh, F off, woman. Oh, she just pisses me off. That's why I'm swearing. I'm pissed off at this woman. But uh, she... So you get all these people and they're sitting around they're like, okay, that what we'll say is they're the disrespectful ones for getting footage of it. They're the disrespect. That's the message that we're going to send. And then also, we can say that filming these people in these in these plastic cells that we have put them in all cramped together with their their Mylar sheets or whatever, thermal blankets, whatever they um, are, We'll we'll call that. We'll say that they're not animals in a zoo. We're they're we're not they're not animals in a zoo. That's great. Oh, that's great. I love that. Oh, who thought of that? Oh, you're a genius. You get a raise. <laughs> High fives all around. That's what they're doing. That's what they're out there in in DC doing. They're having these little meetings where they come up with the best language to make Republicans look bad. They are ab- and then they get this girl in and they say, "Okay, you stop anybody trying to film. You stop anybody trying to film and you use this language. You say they're being disrespectful, and then you say these people are not animals in a cage. They're not this is not a zoo. You you use language like that and then that'll make the people shooting the video look bad and it'll make the you know it'll make people sympathetic to the Democrats and to Biden the Biden administration. So that's what they're doing, and that, that's why I wanted to cover this story is just to kind of give an insight into what I, how I think these degenerates in uh, D.C. manipulate the message. They manipulate language to manipulate the people of America. Uh darling. Yes. Do you have anything to add?
1: <sighs> what can I add?
0: I don't know. Uh, Ashley wrote something. I'm I'm trying to look here. Uh. <laughs> it's like getting mad at reporters for filming Antifa while they're burning down cities. Yeah, this is what Antifa used to do, right? Antifa would u- used to commit crimes, and then our buddy, um, our buddy Elijah would go out there and he would film them. You know, and in fact, I think there was a a Democrat politician in like Minnesota or something like that who ended up getting the crap beaten out of him by Antifa because he was filming antifa Mm -hmm. and they were and they and they just like rushed him and like beat the crap out of him i can't remember who it was it was a long time ago but uh but yeah that that was a pretty crazy story and that's what would happen antifa would like beat up anybody who was trying to film them because they didn't want anybody catching their crimes and then sending them to jail um this is before that we had the mass mandate and covid and everything and like some some people antifa didn't wear masks um but yeah, that's a good analogy And so, basically, the left has taken the tactics of Antifa. The Biden administration are now using the tactics of Antifa to try to discourage people from reporting on the migrant crisis. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. Well,
1: next time, is she going to punch him in the face or what?
0: (laughs) You mean the the chick that was trying to stop uh, Ted Cruz from videotaping? Uh Yeah, I'm sure she probably will, will... Will will want to if she doesn't actually try. Um, all right. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to read the next story?
1: Yeah. Psyche says you can travel, but only if you are rich. What?
0: Yeah. Did you not hear this? So this no. this is a video that uh, I'm going to be playing here from the Blaze, but it's it's really just a raw clip of the press conference. But uh, it was. Uh, this is pretty crazy. Yeah, she's asked why Biden, Biden keeps telling everybody don't travel, don't travel, but then he's traveling all over the country. So doesn't that send a mixed message? And she's like, well, he can travel because he's rich. Watch, you'll see. You'll see, it's pretty funny. Uh, let me switch the audio here.
2: Accountable. Very last one. Um, also, as a follow-up to the CDC and uh, White House briefing mm-hmm. this morning on covid they made very clear
0: that they are urging Americans to continue to take action to prevent a fourth surge,
2: including non-essential travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the warning against non-essential travel something that the White House is taking into consideration with regard to upcoming travel by the President and Vice President, both for business and for personal uh, reasons?
1: Well, I would say that the president travels, as does the vice president, on a private plane.
2: Um, that is the purview of every president and vice president throughout American history. Uh, that is, of course, different than traveling on a commercial flight and going to mass events. As you know, we don't. The president is not hosting rallies, nor is the the vice president.
0: We take uh, the role of um, sending being models uh, quite seriously. Uh, but I think most Americans would recognize the difference.
2: Go ahead. Thanks, uh,
0: Just on. Un- right. So, uh, if you fly private, you can travel. But if you if you have to fly commercial, oh, I'm sorry, we don't want you traveling. But if you're rich and you have your own pl- private jet, oh well, that's okay then. Well,
1: he's not rich. I mean, he's rich, yes. But he's the president, so he can travel, whatever.
0: Right. Obviously, that's a special circumstance. But she's basically saying because he flies private, it's actually fine. And he doesn't have to actually listen to these rules. It's like one rule for people who can fly private, who can afford to fly private, Mm -hmm. and one rule for everybody else. That's what she's... it It was the worst possible response she could have possibly given it it's just it, it's just basically like um it's it's an elitist response right it's it's a response that's like no no, no, we stand by our policy that you're not allowed to travel unless you're rich.
1: I shouldn't say that
0: no, but that's the implication that's the implication that's what it that's what it means to be able to fly i mean who can fly private rich people okay models, sorry. Supermodels who rich people want to be flying on their planes with them, so they have a nice something nice to look at while they're flying. Those are the two groups that get to fly private. Sorry, sorry, I forgot, darling. I so
1: forgot. rich people and prostitutes? <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: And politicians?
0: Exactly. Rich people, prostitutes, and politicians. Uh, thank you for bringing that into the...
1: Which is sometimes uh, rich people, prostitutes, and politicians are the same one person. <laughs> That's true. Is oh kamala
0: wog. harris is that what you're talking about
1: she's model she wasn't wog, 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 wog. well like, she's
0: not a wog. model really but she's a she's definitely a model prostitute 100 prostitute,
1: percent politician
0: yeah and she's rich and she's
1: rich
0: and she's rich <laughs> anyway uh i had another point about this saki thing i can't remember what it was there was a lot of um I'll read I'll read some comments. These are pretty funny. Uh, Yeah. So 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 a lot of people wrote because she she ends up saying in this. um, In this response, she says. uh, She says, we're not holding any rallies, as you know. Right. It was like a dig at President Trump. Did you hear her say that? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember hearing that, and and yeah, a lot of people, other people commented on the same thing, and I was like, he's not holding rallies. What the hell are you talking about? Like,
1: He can't even hold them.
0: (laughs) It's not that he's not holding rallies to stop COVID from spreading. He's not holding rallies because nobody likes him. This report came out the other day that he has like a 60% approval rating. It was like a CNN poll or something like that. I can't remember. 60%, six, zero. They mean 6? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who believes that? Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. I mean, that I mean, who did that poll? I, I don't even I don't, who did that poll actually? I should look that up. Like there's I mean, come on. 60%
2: Oh crap. I hit the button. I how
0: long have we had no audio? Oh my god. I've been ta- I've been like I've been like pissed off talking for like 5 minutes now. I'm sorry guys. Okay. I hit the I hit the stupid button. I promise you. I don't know why I didn't didn't click. Sometimes you click something on the mouse, doesn't work. All right. So that's embarrassing. All right. So what were we saying? Like this is I think ever since I got done with the Saki thing. We didn't get any of our response to that at all. So,
1: at what point there was no sound?
0: When we when we clicked from the audio of Saki. Oh no! Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, that's yeah. terrible. This is
0: that's that's the worst mistake we've made, guys. Let's see see how many people have dropped off. One or screen. two
1: minutes. One, one or two minutes.
0: All right. Let's see here. Saki. Okay. So look. First of all, this is a disaster because, well, it was the whole thing. So Saki, Saki is, is saying that you, you basically have to be rich to fly. If you want to travel anywhere, you can only fly private. So if you can't afford to fly private, folks, I'm so sorry. Not going to happen for you.
1: So, and you said you can, uh, who, who travels privately? Who travels oh, yeah, we
0: went over this whole thing. So the only people, let's see here. Only a minute, no biggie. Uh, sound is out. You know what might have happened? I might have hit a button. There certain, I have got to take out those hotkeys because if I accidentally hit one of the mm-hmm. hotkeys. Did we, did we already talk about all this? Should we just move on to the next story? Yeah. Let's, let's call this one a disaster and move on to the next story. The, what I was trying to say is this new poll came out. Biden has 60% approval, 70% approval for COVID. And it's like, nobody believes that. Nobody but who believes that it's it's such a lie. This was apparently conducted by um, the Associated Press and the NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. Whoever that group is, it's a it's Democrat propaganda, whoever they are, because this is absolute baloney. This is this is worse than the than the polls that they did before the election. where they were like, Biden's going to win by a million points. Oh, yeah, this is not I'm going to do this 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 is not ideal for you, huh? You just got to look at it. Sorry. You want sunglasses? Uh,
1: I can look at the sun. I mean, as as long as the image doesn't look good, though. Oh, no, it looks fine. No, I don't. No, it doesn't.
0: Well, darling, just stay in the center. Please just stay in the center.
1: No, I don't right. like it. It's yellow. Uh, yeah. I'm white. I don't want to be yellow.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Kurt. <laughs> she doesn't want to be yellow. Um. All right, well let's just move on to the next story. That that one okay. Well, we we screwed that one up pretty bad, but uh you guys get the idea. It's it's the the Biden White House. I there's two points to take home from this, right? One is that uh is that you can only travel if you're rich. And the second t- take take home cuz she said that oh they're not holding Trump rallies. Because of COVID, which is a total lie. So she made two mistakes basically talking about this. She said she just like made a fool of herself twice. And now everybody's ridiculing her and mocking her. And all the comments are basically like, most Americans recognize this administration is a worldwide laughingstock. Uh, uh, Presidents have flown throughout American history. So I wonder if George Washington fell on the stairs also, right, (laughs) throughout American history. Obviously since the, uh, since airplanes became standard flying means of transportation um, if they if they have rallies no one would show up so this guy the difference is they're flying like the rich so the rules don't apply money equals freedom to many and you know that's kind of true generally in life but like it's not something that you want to hear from your political leaders that like uh, you know everybody basically has to follow certain rules except rich people you don't want to hear that you don't want to hear that. All right, darling, I will allow you. Whoa, hello. We have no. We have no. Uh, the top of your head is gone.
1: I can't.
0: You're, you're. You look like you're glowing. Look at that. You're glowing. Just bask in the glow of the sunset. Fine. All right. Can you read us the next story?
1: Yeah. Um. Mexican loves Peter Gonzalez. All right. This is
0: actually. I think probably my favorite story of the day, folks. So if I lost you on the last one, I apologize. Hopefully I'll get you back on this one. Um, I love this story and I'll tell you why. Well, for a variety of reasons. But uh, I have a good friend who's Mexican and he actually called me the other day complaining about this. And he's like, every Mexican I know is like pissed off because they're trying to cancel Speedy Gonzalez. And he's like, we love Speedy Gonzalez. He's he's like, do not take our Speedy Gonzalez away from us. And uh, I'm not really going to read this story because it's essentially just that like essentially white people are trying to tell people of color, Hispanics, black people, Muslims, Indians, Asian people, whomever. Leftist white, mostly I think women, white middle class or wealthy women for the most part are basically telling Hispanics what they should be pissed off about or what they should be happy about like this is racist and you should hate it and here's here's where i think things become a little bit of a problem is that this has actually worked for decades with with black people right so because and the reason is because you have certain black leaders who i would refer to as race baiters right they're people who make their fortune um stoking hatred stoking hysteria stoking fear about racism in America basically trying to convince the black black people throughout the country black americans that white americans hate them and so any little thing they can find they'll use for that purpose and so you get these like white academics and these like white middle class women who you know some of them probably fairly young just out of college or maybe even in college and they're like looking for things They're trying to figure out how in what way can we take this actually perfectly innocuous thing and distort it into something that is that we can pre- that we can present as offensive. That we can say you should be offended by this and and and, you know, everybody should be outraged and and, and hate white people for it. And uh, what, what they'll do is, is um, they'll present something like that. Like the term, the term black, for some reason, in like the 90s or maybe the late 80s, was deemed to be racist. You couldn't say black. You had to say African-American. That became the thing. Like we have to say African-American. And Jesse Jackson took this and he was like, yes, we're going to take African-American. That's going to be the new thing. If you ever say black, you're a racist and it's terrible. And people went with it. And if you said black, some people were offended. And it was ridiculous, right? And we've seen this over and over and over again. And so we finally got to a point where um, now they're doing it with the Hispanic community, right? They did it with this term Latino. Latino is now gendered. So now you have to say Latinx. Latinx. You have to say Latinx. And Hispanics, Mexicans, uh, you know, people from South America, anybody who is a Latino, who would consider themselves a Latino... They're saying, no, we don't like Latinx, that sounds stupid, we're Latinos, F off. And I love that, they're actually standing up to them, because the left isn't used to people pushing back, they're used to saying, this is what you should be offended by, and people going, okay, thank you, we will be offended by that, and then acting on that thing. The Mexicans are, are being told, this is what you're going to be offended by, and the Mexicans are going, okay, thank you very much, screw that, get the hell away from me, you're an idiot. And I love that they're pushing back, they're punching back, they're saying no, we don't like Latin X, screw you. No, you know what? We actually like Speedy Gonzales. Believe it or not, we like the little mouse. Okay, and I have a great story about this. Actually, I have a great personal story about this, which I. What's funny?
1: You said you're not going to be too much on it because we still have three articles.
0: No, I don't care. This this is a good story.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm dealing every day.
0: What are, you, what are you talking about? I am, my stories are good, dang it.
1: I'll
0: just get a video of you laughing at me for a while.
1: Okay. <laughs> um,
0: okay, so, all right. So I got a great story about this. So uh, I, I, you know, I used to be on movie sets a lot and I would interact with various people and I was in one project, I think it was a, I think it was a movie and I was a patron in a, in a strip club Right. And which which was really funny because I've actually never been to a strip club in real life. A lot of guys out there are going, you're not a real man. But I don't I find the whole concept of the strip club. Disturbing, like like if I'm going to get a girl, I don't need to pay for it. That's that's always been my that's always been my position. So I've never been I've never been to a strip club. And uh, and but I had to go for this movie. I I had I was one of the strip club patrons. That was my that was my job in the movie and uh this, there were strippers you know doing the pole dancing stuff and then there were like uh waitresses that would that would serve people you know drinks and stuff like that and uh what are you looking at comments stop looking at comments look here i'm telling you a story woman very disrespectful very disres- look at this she's my wife she should be more respectful anyway look look so so i'm in the strip i'm in the strip club which is very uncomfortable for me but then there's all these there's all these beautiful women walking around serving drinks and serving food or pretending to for the movie for the show and uh, I end up talking to there end up being this like just this table full of girls because we're, we're there's a lot of breaks right And so when this happens naturally a gentleman surrounded by beautiful women is going to be a little bit flirtatious. he's going to want to tell stories he's going to want to uh, uh, you know and so I start doing accents as as you do if you could do accents, and people think it's funny, sometimes it comes up as, like, a thing to do, right? And so I start doing, like, an Australian accent, a British accent, whatever. And uh, this girl was a Mexican girl, and she was, she was like, Miss, Miss, like, a Hollywood 2016 or something like that. Like, she had just won some beauty contest, and she was trying to tell me that, you know, she just won this beauty contest, she was really excited about it. She was showing everybody her Instagram and how, how proud she was of winning this thing. And uh, I was a little bit nervous about about this because she, she says she suddenly she goes, "Can you do a Mexican accent?" <laughs> and I can do a Mexican accent, but I can only do like the 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 Speedy Gonzalez accent. Like I can only do the accent from the mice from Speedy Gonzalez, which is to me this like exaggerated cartoon, almost like stereotype version of an accent that is probably one of those things that people have been conditioned to believe is offensive even though it isn't. So I was like, yeah, I can do one version of a Mexican accent, but its I think it's kind of probably racist. And she's like, well, what do you mean? How is it racist? And I go, well, it's like the Speedy Gonzalez accent. <laughs> and she, go- she goes, oh, I love Speedy Gonzales. I want to hear the Speedy Gonzales accent. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do the Speedy Gonzalez accent. And everybody at the table is like, come on, do the Speedy Gonzalez accent. So I'm being pressured, I'm being pressured. And finally, I'm just like, oh, fine. So I'm like, hey, I have spinnacles, <laughs> You know, and everybody at the table just starts dying. They're like, I love that. That's the best. And, and I realized that that accent isn't really offensive to anyone. Somehow that didn't get into the culture. It didn't get into the culture that talking like this is actually not racist at all. Everybody could talk like this, and he is fine. Because it's a fun, it's just a fun voice. It's a fun voice to do. It's something we all got from our childhood. It's It's a positive thing. And here's the thing. Okay, I actually think this actually is kind of a racist cartoon, right? I think it does come from a racial stereotype. Because I think it comes from this idea that Mexicans are like slow and lazy. I think that's where it comes from. And so Speedy Gonzalez is sort of ironically fast, right? He's sort of like uh, the anomaly, the weird, you know, you know. This, this cat thinks, "Oh, all the Mexican mice are slow. I'll go after them." But then you got Speedy Gonzalez, who is like, like unexpectedly fast, and that's where the humor comes from. I think that's maybe. I think that's the concept where that comes from. Because you have like Slowpoke Rod- Rodriguez, who is like very slow. Everything he does is very slow, and um, and then yeah, Speedy Gonzalez is very fast. You know, uh, fastest mice in Mexico. And and the But the funny thing is, it's like, it doesn't really matter that that was the stereotype that they were drawing from, I don't think. Because even so, they didn't do this cartoon as like, Mexicans are horrible people, we hate them. They made these characters that they clearly loved. These Mexican mice were the good guys. The cats were the bad guys. And these Mex- this Mexican hero, Speedy Gonzalez, was like the most beloved character. I mean, he was just like, everybody loves Speedy Gonzalez. White, black... Mexican, it doesn't matter. You like him. He's the hero. He's the good guy. He's great. It doesn't matter if it comes from this stupid stereotype. It doesn't matter. Okay. The truth is, Speed Gonzalez is awesome. Every Mexican loves him. And I love him. And, and most Americans love him growing up with him. And he's the first. This is one of the first things that I've seen that the left has tried to cancel that because it's something that that the group they were trying to cancel it for actually loved. They stood up against it and said, no, we're not. We're not going to accept that. Screw you. That doesn't get canceled, and and now it isn't. They're all they're all uh, they're all they're all standing up against it. You see here in the New York Post, Mexican loves Speedy Gonzalez, um, and other commentary. This commentary about you know in the article, but this is all about how how uh, you know like the guy the guy from uh, who does the voice, the guy who does the voice of Speedy Gonzalez. I think he's a comedian who goes by like Fluffy. He goes by his the name Fluffy, and uh, he's saying, "What are you going to cancel me?" He's like, I'm Mexican. He's like, I love Speedy Gonzalez. And so I think that it might not be getting canceled. Um, but I'm not going to read the article. I, I just wanted to give you guys my, my story of... And look, you meet a lot of Mexican people when you live in California. You just do. And occasionally Speedy Gonzalez does come up, weirdly. And every Mexican person I've ever spoke to where we talked about Speedy Gonzalez or we talked about the, this kind of like funny caricature accent... They all love speaking Gonzalez, and they all love the accent, and I've never had a problem with it. And we should all be able to do funny accents of whatever Chinese, Mexican, you know, African, German, Scottish, English, New York, Tennessee, whatever accent that you can do in a kind of a funny, fun way. Just do it. Don't worry about the racial stereotype thing. Uh, this is just a way that people use to divide us, but in reality. You know, if you are doing it out of love, or you are doing it to make people laugh or to have fun, I think you should. You know, I think you should should just go for it, and we shouldn't we shouldn't always be afraid that people are going to be offended. Because, you now that was a mistake that I made when I was in that strip club. <laughs> anyway, you don't have anything to say about this because you don't you you didn't get Speedy Gonzalez as a no. child, did you? Mm-mm. Did you have any? Uh, did you have like a really fast Ukrainian mouse that was uh, going up against Russian cats? That's a joke. I didn't think you would actually. Have that, because they're on your southern southern border. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you're done with that? Uh, you're, we're done with this story? Yeah. All right, would you like to read the next story?
1: Why did Biden, D. Biden, give Joe Manchin's wife a job?
0: Yeah, this is a, this is a fantastic story, because Joe Manchin... Uh, is give me one second, guys.
1: I don't know who's, who's...
0: Uh, Joe Manchin is is a is a Democrat, but but he's a Democrat who doesn't want to go along with all the Democrat stuff. And so the Democrats, I think, are trying to find ways to manipulate him to go along with their ideas, to go along with their program. And so the suspicion, because he his wife very suspiciously. You're getting very dark. Do you want me? To, do you want me to change the uh, lighting?
1: Uh, yeah, you can. You can try, or you can do it. Me?
0: Yep. Uh, so let's see here. So the, the the problem is that Joe Manchin, you know, they, you know, he's not going along with the Biden stuff, and then his wife just like very unexpectedly gets this new this job with the Biden administration. It's it's the it's the thing. It's the. Do you know how to do it? Yeah, Good. Oh, I don't know. I'm not looking. <laughs> yeah, you look great. Um, okay, so so Joe so Joe Manchin doesn't go along with Biden stuff, and so then his jo- his wife just gets this sort of job, sort of magically, that she doesn't seem to be qualified for, doesn't seem to be the best candidate for. And it's not like he, it's not like the the Biden administration loves Joe Manchin. So what this looks like is it looks like a bribe. It looks like they're bribing Joe Manchin to basically go along with the Biden agenda. That's what it looks like. So there's a... Uh, let's go ahead and play this. Uh, there's a, a... You know, I, I think the press actually is kind of doing their job these days a little bit. Because th- if they didn't, they wouldn't have anything to do. They just keep writing about how bad Trump is. <laughs> um,
2: on Friday, the White House announced that it was nominating Gail Mansion, Senator Joe Manchin's wife, for the job of federal co-chair of the Appalachian Regional Commission. This is a group responsible for steering um, millions of dollars in states like West Virginia. That nomination came as a surprise to some people on the Hill. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the process, how the White House settled on Gail Manchin for that job, and what type of input Senator, Senator Manchin had in that. Uh, I'll have to follow up with our personnel team on the exact process there, but we can do that for you after the briefing. Go ahead, Jeff.
0: All right. So circle back Saki strikes again, uh, refuses to answer the question. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, why does so let's go ahead and read some of this article. Why does why does Joe Manchin's wife get this job magically that she shouldn't be? She shouldn't have. Uh, it seems suspicious. It seems suspicious. So let's have a look at this. White House press secretary declined to answer questions Monday on President Joe Biden's decision to appoint Gail Manchin, wife of West Virginia Senator uh Democrat Senator Joe Manchin to be the co-chair of a key federal commission on Friday. The appointment, buried in a list of five other administrative uh, additions, puts Manchin atop the Appalachian Regional Commission, which is responsible for distributing millions in federal funds to West Virginia and the surrounding states. Bloomberg News' News's Nancy Cook noted on Monday Monday's press briefing before Pisaki, uh to explain the process behind Manchin's selection. That nomination came as a surprise to some working on the Hill, and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the process of how uh, the White House settled on Gail Manchin for the job, Cook posed, uh, posed to, to Psaki, uh, and what kind of input Senator Manchin had in that. And then she says, I'm going to have to follow up, going to circle back. She stopped saying circle back because I think, <laughs> I think she realized everybody's making fun of her for saying circle back with every question, and now she's saying, I'll have to get back to you. I'll have, to, I'll have to follow up. I'll have to follow up. I think it's their term now. Uh, Manchin and Arizona Senator uh, Kristen Sinema have repeatedly demonstrated they will not vote for Biden's legislation strictly on party lines, which is quite astonishing, actually, that a Democrat thinks for themselves. I mean, that's the weird thing. Like, if a, Repo- a Republican said that they weren't going to just follow the dogma of the party, um, most Republicans would probably respect that to some degree, right? Um In fact, a lot of Republicans don't agree with each other on things. You know, we have our sort of like nuances and little ideas about everything. And, um, but Democrats don't work like that. You know, if you don't, if you don't agree with, uh, Pelosi, you know, you're in trouble. Uh, yeah, and the Gail Manchin appointment came just days before Biden is scheduled to unveil an ambitious spending package with, uh, worth more than $3 trillion. The president has also signaled both uh, publicly and privately that despite past misgivings, um, he is prepared to kill the Senate filibuster in order to pass potential gun control measures which, op- with, which Manchin opposes. Um, it should be noted that it is unprecedented for congressional lawmakers' spouses to serve in the executive branch. Um Oh, sorry it isn't unprecedented it has happened before saying uh Elaine Chow wife of Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell served as transportation secretary for the majority of the of former president Donald Trump's time in office um, but that also is uh, not good I don't like that I don't think she should have served in that position I think that that was corruption on the on the on behalf of Mitch McConnell um I don't like Mitch McConnell I mean, he's he's a Republican, so... Oh, shoot, I didn't even have the the, the uh, thing open. Anyway, I don't like Mitch McConnell. I, I He's a Republican, so I like him for that reason, you know, whatever. But, I mean, his, his wife's family owns a major company connected to the Communist Party of China. So I don't trust him at all to act in America's best interest. I think he's going to act in China's best interest a lot of the time. Um... Because it, it helps his family, you know. And so, yeah, I think I don't think Mitch McConnell should be there. I think he should be out, um, along with all the Democrats who are also corrupt. But anyway, uh, this is not the most exciting story. Uh, it's not the funniest or most, most charming story, but I did think it was an important story. I wanted to cover it. Do you have anything to say, darling? No? All right. Would you like to read the headline of the next story?
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Federal Reserve Bank is now dangerously... Partisan?
0: Partisan. Yeah, okay, so I do apologize. There are two not very sexy stories in a row, but again, critical story, very important story. Uh, GOP Senator initiates review of San Francisco Fed's climate change and race-related research. Uh, So the Fed in San Francisco has been getting into um, getting to social issues. (laughs) They are very, very clearly mandated to be nonpartisan. And yet they're doing all this partisan social politics stuff now, Um, which is very dangerous, very dangerous. The Fed should, we should probably get rid of the Fed, really. But the Fed cannot be a partisan institution and it's becoming this. Okay, Republican Pennsylvania uh, Senator Pat Toomey initiated a review Monday of the Federal Reserve's alarming mission creep into environmental and social justice issues. Toomey, who's the ranking member on the Senate Senate, do I have this open? Yes, I do. Okay. The Senate Banking Committee wrote a letter to the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. Um, their president, Mary Daly, expressing concern, the bank was pivoting to politically charged research uh, related to environmental, social, and governmental topics. The Federal Reserve's congressionally approved responsibility uh, responsibilities do not include such topics. To me, said, Federal Reserve banks include the are uh, including the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco have increasingly been engaged in such research on social. Uh, social policy topics, uh, uh, reflective of the of the political and normative leanings of unelected Federal Reserve Bank officials. Basically, he's saying the Federal Reserve Bank officials are all Democrats, and so they're they're engaging in research on issues that are politically left because they're Democrats, which they shouldn't be doing. Toomey wrote, this approach has inserted the Federal Reserve into the emotionally charged political arena, a place where Federal, the Federal Reserve seldom has ventured, and for good reason. Toomey requested several documents from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, including records of its plan planning for April uh, climate seminars that it's hosting, according to the letter. He also requested memos and emails dating back to July 2019 that mentioned the Federal Reserve Bank's of San Francisco's um, focus on climate change and racial justice issues. I love that. I love that there are people out there that work for the federal government, you know, that, that are re- representing us, the people who are keeping an eye on this crap, because this is this is actually terrible. This is actually terrible. The Federal Reserve Bank should not be partisan, a partisan institution. It needs to be neutral, neutral. Mm. But th- this is becoming very d- difficult to do in the current political climate. All right. Federal Reserve Chair uh, Jerome Powell has previously insisted that the, um, you know, I'm going to stop reading the article because I want to say this because this, this is really the reason why I started reading this article. I'm 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 a little bit concerned that banks and interested parties that may be foreign um, or just powerful people generally have are starting to have way too much control in america because they chose biden and kamala harris to run the country biden and kamala harris are not equipped to run the country neither of them have the capacity to run this country okay they're both morons i'm sorry joe biden is a moron Kamala Harris is a moron. All right, even before Joe Biden lost his mind and he started becoming senile, he was already a moron. You know, Kamala Harris got into politics by sleeping with the mayor of San Francisco. That's how she got into politics. Look it up. It's 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 ridiculous. She she got she into politics. She
1: like was twenty years old and he was like sixty.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he, she was like he was like thirty years older than her or something. She starts sleeping with this guy. And he gets her all these positions in government, these jobs, these she doesn't have to work, and she just makes a bunch of money, right? And then he starts to, like, promote her, you know, politically, and she moves on up. Um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Which one? The, the guy that she was sleeping with to get...
1: I don't remember. But I know he was black.
0: Yeah, something brown, something brown.
1: Yeah, uh-huh.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, His last name was Brown?
0: Yeah. I forget his first. Name. I had the same yeah. last name in mine. I forget his first name. Anyway, uh, but uh, but anyway, so she's some of this guy, mayor of San Francisco. She gets into into office that way, and Democrats are like, "Oh, she's the one we need as our vice president, the first female president," inevitably because Joe Biden's going to end up failing soon. So the thing is, everybody thinks Joe Biden's going to leave soon, and I, I agree, he probably will have to. You
1: mean?
0: No, I don't think he's going to die, but like or. That's not what people are saying. People are saying he's going to die. People are thinking he's just going to become so inept that he's going to have to step down. But he could die. That could actually happen, and he could be so inept that he can't even function. And in that case, he'd have to step down. But unless no, either no, one no, of those,
1: no, no, in this case, yeah, they will say there is an extremely dangerous strain of COVID nineteen. <laughs> We're all going to the basement, and yeah, he's just still going to be a president. But
0: yeah, but- Willie Brown. Will Brown. Today, Willie Brown. Willie um, Brown. So, but look, unless he becomes completely incapacitated or unless he, he's unable to actually, uh, you know, unless he dies, um, I don't think Kamala Harris is going to be put in office. And the reason is because it doesn't really matter how effective of a president he is. That doesn't matter. They want a guy that's malleable. And in fact, the less cognitive he is about what's going on, the better for the Democrats. Because these powerful people that are controlling Joe Biden right now um, they need him not to interfere with what they're doing. They need him just to be compliant and to go along, mm-hmm. and that's why they like somebody who's compromised, like him, right? His sons makes him totally compromised. What he did in Ukraine makes him compromised. What he did in China makes him compromised. I'm sure they got him on a number of things. They're able to manipulate him, but also he just can't even function. He can't even put up a fight. So he's perfect. Kamala Harris could could potentially like try to interfere. Like nobody tells me what to do. I'm the president. You know, you can imagine that happening. I don't think they want her in there because they don't want some like some sassy, you know, uh, s- somebody who thinks that they that they have, you know, she, they don't want her to get her too big of a head where where they think that she's actually running the country. So it's better for them to keep Biden in as long as they possibly can. Um, but here's the thing. Who did he appoint as the Secretary of the Treasury? Uh-huh. Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen used to be the head of the Federal Reserve Bank. So Janet Yellen is like She is connected to the Clintons, because she used to work with the Clinton administration, Bill Clinton's administration. And she's also connected to all these major banks and all these bigwigs. They all have influence through her into the Biden administration. You shouldn't be bringing in Federal Reserve chair, uh, chair, chairman, chair, chair people. Into your your administration as the treasurer. They, they did this once before, I think, during the Jimmy Carter's administration. I looked it up. There was one other Federal Reserve chair that became uh, a treasurer, and it was under Jimmy Carter. But you shouldn't have, that shouldn't be happening. We, sh- we shouldn't be mixing up, you know, it's always Democrats. Democrats don't care about neutrality. They don't care about the rules. They don't even care about the, I mean, they care about the appearance of neutrality. But they don't actually care about actual neutrality or doing the right thing. They just they just care about getting what they want done done at all costs. Um, anyway, so again, not a particularly sexy story, not a particularly exciting story, but something I thought you guys should hear about. Um, now we're going to get into the last story of the day, which I think is actually quite a lot of fun. Valeria, would you like to read the headline?
1: Yeah, uh, see some street to educate children on racial literacy. That's your favorite subject, Chris.
0: <laughs> see some street.
1: See some street.
0: Is that how they say it in Russia?
1: Uh we say Sesame Street. Oh, Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Oh, right.
0: Uh well it's Sesame Street here. Sesame. Right. Sesame. Can yeah. I say Sesame? Sesame. <laughs> c- c- Sesame c- Street. Street. <laughs> c- <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Sesame Street. Yeah, so Sesame Street apparently wants to <laughs> add.
1: I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous, right? The goatee is like ridiculous. I mean, just come on, guys. Anyway, Sesame Street adds two new Muppets to educate children on racial literacy. I'm not really going to read this story because what I basically wanted to do is show you guys uh, the early cast of Sesame Street. This is the cast that I grew up with. Let me switch it to this one. This is the cast I grew up with looking at
1: Sesame Street. Well,
0: exactly. That's the thing. There's like one white guy over here. Um, There are various iterations of this. I mean, so we have like what looks like um, maybe like a, a black girl, or maybe half black, half Latina here. we got, like, a Mexican guy here. Uh, we got three black folks. And the Muppets don't have color. I mean, they have color, you know, like blue.
1: <laughs> I mean, that one looks like Armenian.
0: Uh, this one looks Armenian. Bert looks Armenian. <laughs> Valeria, you should know, likes Armenian people, so, uh, that's not an insult. But, uh, yeah, he kind of does look kind of Armenian. Um, now let's, let's, uh, and let's look at another iteration of the cast. This one's a little bit harder to see, but, um, you see more of the cast here. Uh looks like there's... I don't know if she's like a light-skinned Hispanic or if she's just white. But this looks like there might be another white person here. Um, you know, you got an Asian little girl. Uh, looks like a Mexican kid. Uh, obviously, a lot of black people, a lot of Hispanic people. Um, there's another black woman up here. You know, white people were always, you know, like a minority on Sesame Street from the beginning. From the beginning. Okay, so now this is, I think, an even earlier iteration. I think this is the woman who started Sesame Street. There's Jim Henson down here, um, uh, you know. You got these kids, mixed race kids. Uh, this girl looks like she might be white. Um, this is another character that looks white. And then this guy is—he died actually fairly early on in the series, um, but I think he ran like the newspaper stand. I—I um, I don't. I was like very, very young when he died. So, I, but I do remember him. I do remember him from Sesame Street. I mean, I was like a very, very little kid uh, watching Sesame Street, and I remember all these. People, I remember all these like uh, black folks and Hispanic folks, and uh, you know may- they don't have everybody here. They don't have Louise here. Uh, maybe he came in a little bit later, but yeah, Sesame Street has always been, you know, mostly not white. I mean, mostly a not white cast. Um, but now they're bringing in black Muppets to try to show that black people are good or something. Like I don't see this is the here's the problem that I have with all this diversity crap it's like if you take a group like sesame street that has always been dedicated to being anti-racist you know into equality and showing you that different races are are good teaching you a little bit of spanish teaching a little bit about you know that black people and white people are basically the same kinds of folks uh which i think are all great messages and then they think oh we have to be even more not racist or more anti-racist or whatever like where do you go from there if you keep pushing You know where you go? You go into racism again, okay? So, like, racism and anti-racism is like a hill, right? You got got your racism here, you got your anti-racism up here, and then you have more racism down here. And if you go up the hill and you're at the pinnacle, not racist... And you go. We gotta go further than that. Where do you go? You go back down into racism. But now you're not maybe racism against that group. You're maybe racist against that group, right? So they're no longer racist against black or, or Latino people or anything or Asians or whatever. Muslims now they're racist against white people. We're the we're the ethnic minority apparently now in America. We're the hated group, um, which is not acceptable. Ethnic
1: majority, I would say.
0: Well, yeah, we will majority. technically we're the majority, but. But we're treated as if we're the minority. You know, we're treated mm-hmm. as if we're this, uh, like the what do they call the the uh, redheaded stepchild of America. <laughs> anyway, but uh, but yeah, so I, I think that that you know that um, Sesame Street is going into dangerous territory here. And here's the really the concerning part about that is that uh, I feel like if you have children now, you, you can't let them watch Sesame Street. It's like it used to be that like there were certain shows that you know you could just put them in front of the TV, let them watch the show and you know there was not going to be anything negative or nasty or they're going to teach them anything bad, right? Like Mr. Rogers. You knew you you stuck a kid in front of the TV, they watched Mr. Rogers, they were going to be fine. You let them watch Sesame Street, you know they weren't going to get any bad messages. When I was a kid, I actually didn't like Sesame Street because it was very cuz like I, you know, it was the 80s. And Sesame Street was kind of 70s looking. It looked like a little dirty. Mm -hmm. Like everything was like a little grungy and a little like Oscar the Grouch and all that. Like it looked a little bit, uh, it wasn't my style as a kid. Like I liked the cool new stuff. I didn't watch
1: Sesame Street when I was a child. I I knew about that. Yeah. Didn't really watch.
0: Yeah, in Russia they have their own version I think. It's not the same version as we have in America. Mm, Yeah.
1: But called the same.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it's called the same everywhere, kind of. Except for yours is like. Sazam. Sazam Street. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you you have a genie on your show. Sazam. Sazam. Gives mm-hmm. you three wishes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so, yeah, so uh, I think that they're going to be venturing from equality into like equity and like talking about how amazing black people are and stuff like that. And, and, uh, because because that seems like where everybody's being pushed to go. I mean, I hope Sesame Street doesn't go there. But because they've 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 done this push of adding these new Muppets, these new like I don't know if they're like black or half black or where Latino. Was it
1: like single dad? I thought it should be like single mom.
0: It's so true to life, isn't it? They've got a single da- black dad.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs>
0: I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I hate I actually hate doing this. I hate I hate being on the side where I have to point out reality. Because reality is kind of ugly. Nobody really likes reality. Nobody really likes Nobody really likes to accept certain things about history, right? Like everybody wants to say white people are bad and that's why black people are poor. Disproportionately poor. But Nobody wants to point out that white people did a lot of good things historically. And nobody likes to point out that for thousands of years, black people basically in Africa lived a Paleolithic lifestyle. They lived like the Paleolithic uh, uh, Europeans thousands of years before, like 10,000 years before. That's how, how Europeans lived. And so when Europeans met up with Africans, they were way behind. And actually, I've been doing a lot of research on Germans because I'm German. And so I got kind of caught up doing some research mm-hmm. on on ancient Germany, like during the Roman era, and uh, Germans were essentially barbarians during the Roman era. Obviously, they were a little bit more technically technologically similar to the Romans um, than obviously than Black Africans were when Europeans first met them, but um, they were still considered to be much more primitive than the Romans at the time. Um, and so they they had a disadvantage. They had like they had like uh, quite a lot of uh, years of disadvantage. They were. So this is like in the year, about the year of Christ, right? Like the year one, right? Like way back then. That that's when the, these things were being written about these uh, uh, German, Germanic tribes. And so, um, and yeah, they were a lot closer. Uh, they were a lot more technologically advanced. They were farmers and stuff like that. Uh, they lived an agrarian lifestyle, but they were tribal, um, and uh, and they were certainly much more primitive technologically than than the than the, uh, than the Romans and they wouldn't let the romans in like the romans conquered like everywhere but the germans fought back and they wouldn't they they the romans were kind of scared of them and they wouldn't go into germany so um there was this area called uh, i think it was called germania or germanica germania i think and they wouldn't they wouldn't go into to germany they wouldn't go in there they were scared of the the germans and uh it was like one of the few places that the romans were like refused to take over but the problem was that because the germans were so independent minded and wouldn't let the Romans in I think they probably suffered a little bit in terms of their inability to progress technologically right um, they fought sort of like the Scots right they, they they just cared about their freedom so they they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't progress with the rest of the, the Roman world which is fine you know you can make that decision and they did and that that's that's probably the right decision for them because look at them now Germany so great um, but uh, but yeah, but I have that in my ancestry too. I I have people who, who were who were far farther behind than the rest of civilization. Right? They they were lagging behind the rest of civilization. Um, but the problem with bl- uh, black African sub-Saharan Africans is that they were like ten thousand years behind. I mean, it was a long time behind. It wasn't like you know a, a few a uh, couple of centuries behind. It was like millennia behind. And so uh, when you take people who don't You know who aren't accustomed to that to the civilization and put them in this much more advanced civilization. It might take them several generations to catch up. Um, It's not. It's not merely that they're being oppressed because of the racism. Certainly, the oppressive racism had some kind of consequent consequence to that. But see, the the point I'm trying to make here is that history is nuanced. Reality is nuanced. There are bad bad white people, but there are good white people. There there are good black people, but there are also bad black people. So you need to look at things in a nuanced way, but the left doesn't want us to look at things like that. They want us to look at everything like, you know, white people bad, black people good. And then it forces somebody like me to talk about all this crap because nobody else is willing to talk about it. And then, I mean, I'm kind of fortunate in a way. I don't have, I, I almost never have anybody uh, accusing me of being racist or anything like that. I, I, don't, I don't really remember anybody ever calling me that. I get a, a few comments here and there but it seemed like it seems like they're just doing it because that's the thing to do you're right. I don't think they really actually believe that but it's frustrating because I don't want to see I don't want to say things that sound ugly I don't want to have to be the one that's expressing these ideas because I like black people <laughs> I, do. I hate to say that actually because I don't want to specifically like black people I just want to like decent people. But the, but, the, but the point I'm trying to make is that I like decent people who happen to be black. I like decent people who happen to be Asian. I like decent people who happen to be Mexican, Hispanic, whatever. I don't really care what your race is. I care about if you're a decent person. And so it, it would be nice just to say nice things about black people. It would be nice just to say nice things about Asians, about about Hispanics, and never say anything bad about any other group. But we live in a society now where these these obvious realities have to be stated confidently and affirmatively because there are so many people that are pretending that the reality is something that it's not. And it, it's really, it's not fun for me. I don't like doing that. I really don't like doing that. I mean, it's fun for me to conceive of the ideas because I like thinking through things and experimenting with different, you know, ideas and, and, and thoughts and philosophies and stuff like that. But I really don't like talking. I mean, it's, it's an ugly, it's ugly stuff to talk about. It's not fun. I would rather just not talk about the racial stuff. Why couldn't we get past this like we did like in the 90s, like in the 80s and the 90s. Why can't we be past it again? We have to go back to this equity crap? It's because the left wants to be racist. Anyway, you say something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I just got this information from my secret source. <clears throat>
0: oh, what information?
1: Uh, Kevin Clash, who is American puppeteer for Elmo
2: character. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: So he quit. Oh, he quit? Because of the sex scandal.
0: Oh, did he? Uh,
1: yeah, oh, it was in 2012. I laugh. That's messed up. It was up. in 2012. Yeah. A lawsuit, a lawsuit filed in federal court in New York, charged Clash with sexual abuse of a second youth. Who? Second youth. No, no,
0: no. Who, 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 who were you talking about? Kevin Clash. Oh, oh. So he's just—he's like a—he's like a, he's like a, a pedophile. Oh yep. man, that is messed up. Unfortunately, yeah, the behind the scenes of these children shows isn't always as, as lovely as you might think. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I was mentioning at the top of the show, how I worked for the production company that produced Reading Rainbow. Um,
1: There's always so much such messed up things about these children's shows, like Disney, uh, Nickelodeon. I always hated work for those productions. Who worked through because they were so horrible.
0: Yeah, the production, the crews are so terrible. Every yeah, time
1: yeah. when I work for productions, yeah. who is, like, Disney, Nickelodeon, it's like... Oh, they're, very, it's
0: they're very strict, they've got a lot of regulations, and they're not very respectful of people. They tend to be the least... When I've worked at Disney... Um,
1: when I worked it on... De- Ni-
0: it depends, like, it depends on the project. When but, I
1: worked on Nickelodeon, yeah. first of all, they're paying lower.
0: They yeah, pay lower, yeah. They pay
1: lower. Yeah. Secondly, uh, that person, whoever was at AD... He was saying, you are not allowed to say word God or Disney. Every freaking day he was saying that. You're not allowed to say God or Disney.
0: He said you're not allowed to say the word God and you're or not allowed Disney. to say the word Disney.
1: Yeah, it was Nickelodeon. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you understand Is that like a why? PA or? Yeah, it's like AD, second AD, PA, I don't know.
0: <laughs> what? It's weird. It's so weird. A, like, pleasant so people. Weird. pleasant people very weird.
1: They work with children. Yeah. They're so unpleasant.
0: Yeah. A lot of the people that work on children shows that I've met, some of them are great. I mean, some of the people I've worked with are, are people that I, I just, I love. They were amazing people. But yeah, like the executives that I worked for in New York that did the show Reading Rainbow, pure evil. I mean, these people had like hearts of coal. And they, they, they I mean, they were just, they were cruel human beings. And nobody would stand up to them in the place because they knew they'd get fired. So I stood up to them. And I got fired. <laughs> it's the best firing I ever had. I didn't care. I was just like, "Screw you, women! Um, I'll get some some job somewhere shall
1: else." Shall We read the super chats. That yes, we, had-
0: we are done with the news. Time yeah, for your comments and questions. Whatever now, you want.
1: Now I have a new tactic. Every time I see super chat, I'm taking picture of it. Perfect. So I won't miss it.
0: Wasn't that our plan in the beginning, though?
1: I think so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: What happened? Why didn't you do that? Mm-hmm. All right. Would you like to read the super chat, Strana?
1: Yeah. That Disney is a competition. Yeah, I understand. That's why they were like, you're not allowed to say Disney here. Still.
0: Yeah, still it's weird. Up. It's weird.
1: Okay. Uh, First super chat from Daniel Patriot. Daniel was. Yes. The recent attacks on Patriots flying flags behind their tracks is scary. I fly and don't treat me. I fly. I don't treat on me and Blue Lives Matter flags daily behind my Ram 1500. Nice. I won't stop doing this. I love America.
0: Nice. Us. Nice. Uh, what was the first part US, of that? What Americans. is the first part of that that he said?
1: Uh The recent attacks on Patriots flying flags behind their trucks is scary. Oh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, Valeria wanted to get... What was the bumper sticker you wanted to get? I
1: wanted to get a, just an American flag bumper sticker. Yeah, she goes, sticker. I don't
0: care anymore i'm getting an american flag bumper sticker and i'm putting it on my car and i said don't you dare (laughs) (laughs) and everybody out there is being like you traitor no i'm not a traitor and i'll tell you why because we live in downtown la and if we put that on our bumper sticker the back of our freaking car is going to get smashed in not even a question i see people with
1: trump sticker on in downtown la
0: driving around or parked
1: driving around parked inside (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. See, that's the issue. Like, certainly, yes, we we have a parking garage. So we're our cars a little bit more safe. But if you ever have to park downtown outside,
1: there is no parking in downtown.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? If you park in an area in which there are people who don't like Trump, you just get your back window smashed in. And here's the thing, like, okay, if I didn't have any other way of expressing my support for Donald Trump, or any other way of expressing, you know, my patriotism, yeah, okay, maybe we would get bumper stickers or something like that. But like, my whole show is like pro America, patriotic, pro Trump. Like, I love, I love America. I'm trying to make America better desperately, despite the fact that it's so hard. You don't need to sacrifice your car. It, it's fine.
1: I'm paying so much money for the insurance. I want to use my
0: insurance. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: That's
0: true. That's true. But you don't want you don't want to get the. It's a it's a hassle. So, but okay, look, if you want to get an American bumper sticker
1: put it inside. You,
0: you... <laughs> we're going to move soon, okay? So let's just wait until we move. I don't know yeah, where we're going if I would going, move
1: but... to if I would move to Texas, I would say I would get a sticker Don California My Texas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> California My te- After we move from California to Texas. I love yeah. it. All right. So, um, shall we shall we
1: Yeah. Uh, second super shot also from page Daniel Chris, can we block him so he will stop, so stop saying it's money? No,
0: we love Daniel. <laughs> Daniel's cool, man. Okay. Love that guy.
1: On topic, I'm waste water treatment plant operator. I'm immune to everything. Y'all can't have my vaccine.
0: <laughs> I think you told us that once before. That's yeah. hilarious. I love that. I love that. That's too funny, man.
1: Okay. John McMasters mm-hmm. said... I'm an oil field truck driver. I'm the embodiment of toxic masculinity.
0: Is it what truck driver?
1: Um, oil field truck driver.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You don't get more. You don't get more toxically masculine than that. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. I man.
1: think I already have imagination how he looks like in my mind.
0: You, you know what's weird? It's like so. I was in New York, uh, uh, and um, you know, we're we're in the kind of nice hotel room, looking at all the businesses New York? and when we were in new. Oh York, yeah. yeah, we
1: have, we get we get a great view. Like I was surprised. Oh, it
0: was beautiful. It was I mean,
1: beautiful. I mean
0: furniture was sh- <laughs> crap. Yeah, furniture wasn't great, but the but the view was beautiful and I could see all these business uh offices and I thought, you know, you know what's kind of sad actually is like I love my job. I love my job. I love I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, maybe maybe one thing. But I would <laughs> there's a couple of things maybe. <laughs> but um but I but I love I love this job. But here's the thing, and I love the freedom of it, but like there's something about working with other people in an office that is really nice because you kind of feel like part of the world. You kind of feel part of what's going on. like the engine that that is this this um, market economy here in the United States, you're part of that. you're actually you know one of the you're one of the things that that keeps America going forward and moving forward and especially and it's especially true when you do a job with your hands or you do a job where you actually have to do something physical uh like working an oil rig like driving a truck like you know and i I've, I've done some kind of stuff like that but uh but not really i mean i haven't had like a career or anything like a long term job doing anything like really manly and it's 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 messed up you know like when you do just even the smallest thing like repair Something in your house, or help your brother remodel something in his house, or, you know what I mean, like uh, do a little demo, uh, you know, demolition, or, or anything that you can do, where you have to do something with your hands, you know, drive a nail into a wall with a hammer, screw something in. We had to repair the bed the other day. Don't ask me why. It's because uh, I'm fat is the why reason. Um, but uh, uh but uh, yeah, anything that you got to do with your hands as a man. If you don't do a, a a manly job, it's so great. I mean, you don't even you have no idea how nice it is. If you have a if you have a job like I have and you have to do something masculine, oh my god! It, like it it makes you feel like your ancestors or something. Like you're hunting something, you know. Which I should get into hunting. Actually, I should get into hunting because the only reason, yeah, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Well, I'll, I'll think about that. That's a new thing. Okay, I just had an epiphany on the show. Because I gotta get a, re- I gotta have a reason to get out into the outdoors. Because she won't go camping with me, and I don't really have an excuse to do any of that stuff. But if I start hunting, maybe that. Because I don't really like fishing that much, although my buddy Kurt, he likes fishing. But I, I f-
1: like fishing.
0: Oh, you like I always, fishing?
1: I always. Fi- have you seen my pictures from childhood? That no. I you yesterday, that was fishing.
0: Oh, either you in one of them? You were, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought that was like a, a novelty. No, that no. was like normal. Okay. All right. Well let's go fishing. Yeah. I used to fish all the time when I was a kid.
1: But they weren't fishing like that you throw Yeah. I would just like like you want like there's two types of
0: Oh yeah, you weren't fly fishing. Yeah, yeah. I've never been fly fishing. Which I would like to go fly fishing. It's a little bit more active. Mm,
1: I don't like acting
0: like we we could well have you tried it? No. I haven't tried it either. We should maybe try fly fishing. But yeah, I I just went normal fishing my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oregon, there's some good fishing in Oregon. All right. Uh, next, next uh, comment question.
1: Yeah, uh, from mzbttyboop. Complicated nickname.
0: Okay.
1: name. <laughs> uh, I never understood the concept of men paying women to tease them and walk away.
0: Oh, the strip club thing.
1: You just pay extra and. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Valeria.
1: What? That's the tr- that isn't the truth. Uh,
0: why? Why are you not centered in frame? What happened? There we go. That's better. Uh uh yeah, I mean I think some places probably yes that's true. Um um Yeah. Yeah. I mean I don't know. Probably not a topic I want to delve into too much, but when I got, when I was young, I always thought that like getting a girl to like you, you know, getting attracting a girl. When you're young and you're broke, if you can get a girl to want to date you or whatever, when you're young, it's sort of like a, it's sort of like a, um, you know, like a challenge. It's like something you want to accomplish. Like you're going hunting and you want to, you want to, you want to achieve success in the hunt. And uh, I was pretty good at it. And actually one time, <laughs> one time, and I always, I always kind of like resented guys who kind of cheated. Right, there were guys that cheated. I thought, and they would cheat by like, like okay, one one way of cheating is obviously just being rich and being able to get girls because you're rich. That's obviously one one way. So I always resented guys that were like ugly old men with like hot young girls, and now I'm one of them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, <laughs> but then also like I had I, like I knew guys that were like photographers, and they like specifically went into photography so that they could shoot models. Like that was their whole. Game it was probably like probably oh.
1: naked most of the time. Lingerie.
0: They, they would try to get them to do it. Sometimes they succeeded. Sometimes they didn't. But it was just so creepy. I always thought it was so creepy. And like to me, like the whole idea. And, and now I think it's pretty with with uh, the the apps and with uh, the sort of hookup culture, uh, which wasn't quite as bad when I was growing up. Um, it's just so easy. And I, I actually remember when I was in I was traveling through Europe and I and I, I went to a. Like a a bar in Paris, and I ended up uh, spending the evening with a, a very beautiful Polish girl. And uh, I got I get back to the uh, youth hostel the where I was staying at, and there was these two guys I was hanging out with, and uh, these guys were a little seedier than I was used to in terms of, uh, of friends, and they and I and I asked them what happened to their girls because they had each picked a girl mm-hmm. in in the bar to kind of hang out with. And they were just like, oh man, like uh, they were they weren't interested. We we had to come back to the uh, to the place alone, and uh, and they were like, well, what the hell happened to you? Why'd you go after that uh, that that hot girl? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? She was like the most beautiful girl in the bar, and they go they go, yeah, but man, you don't go after the most beautiful girl in the bar. She's not gonna sleep with you. And I'm like, well, maybe I wasn't trying to sleep with her. And they're like, well, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, why are you there if you're not trying to sleep with this girl, these girls? And if you're trying to sleep with the girls, why would you go after the most beautiful one? Like, like it's just a very different mentality. Like they had the mentality of just mm-hmm. the whole thing of like it, it was all just a, an attempt to hook up with a girl. Like to me, that was not the intent. The intent was to get the girl to actually want to be with you that that to me was the goal and that's a much more that's a much higher standard to try to get to mm-hmm. and so to me the game of dating and being with women and everything was was a was a far harder than than i guess than i necessarily had to make it for myself but that's the goal that i was I was aiming to, toward and so i always kind of resented guys that would just be trying to hook up and then they'd use tricks i always thought it was kind of cheating and so to what, me the what, concept what,
1: of what what kind of tricks like I have I have 5 bitcoins or what <laughs> Back then it was like how much 1000
0: Yeah well <laughs> well just like you know just the photography thing I I knew another guy he he wanted to be an airline pilot cuz he thought that girls liked airline pilots yes. Yeah <laughs> it's weird I don't know I don't understand that phenomenon but I guess it's a thing And uh different stuff like that but um it wasn't necessarily just jobs. It was also other kind of things. and um, Yeah, I, I mean, I could go into a whole list of stuff. But the, the point is that, that there were guys that would just use tricks to get girls. And I always thought this was kind of cheating. And so the concept of, of actually paying a girl to sleep with you, that I just even couldn't. That was like out of the realm of my conscious. I just had no concept of why anyone would do that. But then I realized that there were guys like Harvey Weinstein who were just like, they weren't going to be able to attract a girl. So I actually, when I started thinking about the kind of messed up stuff that guys do to get girls, I realized the reason is because there are guys who are desperate to be with beautiful women, but there's no way they're going to be able to attract a beautiful woman. So that's their only option. And once I realized that, I actually became more sympathetic to these kind of guys. But I still don't understand strip clubs. (laughs) I mean, I guess I kind of do, but it's just not, I don't know. There's another super
1: chat from Daniel about strip club. Yeah. A uh, strip club are like all you can eat buffets where you can't eat the food, but you have to pay, pay a, a la carte, carte for it. it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a it's like an all you can eat buffet, but you can only smell the food, and you have to pay every time you smell it.
1: <laughs> then come, then come being full. Then what? Then come being full, like not, oh, not okay, not, not be hungry.
0: The way you phrase that is sounds terrible, so let's rephrase it. Uh, you should go to the strip club already full, yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> Moving on. Do we have another question, comment? Let's yes. just distract from yes, this awkward do. moment, please.
1: <laughs> yes, we do.
0: You should do what, being full?
1: Uh, well, usually if you go like, to an expensive restaurant...
0: No, no, um... no, 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 no. I just wanted you to repeat the words that you said. It's fine, never mind. <laughs> For comedic effect.
1: Yes. Um, Frank James. Yep. (laughs) People are minority on Sesame Street.
0: Sesame Street.
1: Sesame Street, sorry. Muppet power.
0: People are minorities on Sesame Street. Muppet power. Yeah, people are the minorities on Sesame Street. It's mostly Muppets. And actually, human beings are actually the uh, oppressed minority on that show.
1: Uh, Another comment from frank james am i looking at Bert one blackface is it about um C-S-S-M street
0: oh <laughs> bert in blackface he meant bert in blackface ah, okay he's talking about the uh, sesame street uh that is pretty funny actually let me switch to the uh, the view that you guys can actually see this yeah he's saying is that Bert in blackface <laughs> remember the guy you said looks armenian
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's
0: saying that it's that Muppet, but in blackface. Ah, that's the joke. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't have the unibrow.
1: Yeah, that's so, the problem.
0: So, uh, so it's it must be like, uh must be Bert's mixed-race cousin. But he has like a
1: purple <laughs> nose. I don't understand. But, the purple okay.
0: nose, I don't know. The whole thing just seems to me to be ridiculous. Anyway, okay. moving on. Charlie's
1: Gibbons giving me five bucks. This should cover the American flag sticker.
0: I guess we're getting an American flag stacker. <laughs> Fine.
1: Okay. Uh Yankee the Rebel. Come to Maine. I've got seven deers in my backfield at this very moment. Hunt away.
0: Oh, sorry. I didn't I didn't quite catch that. Say it again.
1: I uh, Yankee Rebel, our girl.
0: Oh, Yankee the Rebel. Yes, Yankee yes. Girl. Come to Maine. I've got seven deer in my backfield at this very moment. Hunt away. You know, I don't know if I would hunt deer. I would probably hunt elk. And the reason I would hunt elk, I think, is because I I really like deer. And uh, I, I don't think I'd want to kill one. When I was like a little kid, um, my grandparents lived in a forest. They, they actually had a, a big forest, like hundreds of acres of forest. And we would sit down in the back window and we would look at the deer. And uh, sometimes we'd be outside and they, they'd kind of come up. And, and uh, my, my grandparents actually didn't really like them coming in because they would they would um mess up their garden they would eat all the food in their garden um so they had these huge high netting uh guarding the the uh the garden mm-hmm. from these deer but uh, but they did like looking at them out back and they had like they even had like little wooden deer figurines like placed around the house and and I think pictures of deer and I think maybe I don't know we we, we had we we deer deer is kind of like a I don't know. Maybe I'd hunt a deer. I don't know. Yeah, why not? <laughs> maybe Gets that's why. In.
1: Maybe that's why that Muppet has a purple nose. Wildcat Diva says alcoholic was a purple nose.
0: Alcoholic with a purple. nose. They've made an alcoholic Muppet.
1: And it's black.
0: And it's black. Bon- I think that's racist. That is. I think that might be racist. Sesame Street.
1: We have been two hours.
0: Have we really? Are we, done with, are we done with the Super Chats? Uh, do you want to call it a night? We are done with Super
1: Chats. We are done. Can we cut it until somebody will say another Super Chat?
0: <laughs> well, Taco Magnet wants me to uh, get into the third-party Super Chat thing. I'll tell you what. I wasted my weekend. I had so much work to do, including mm-hmm. getting into the third-party Super Chat thing. Thanks for reminding me about That's that. That's true. Um, I had so much stuff to do this weekend. I didn't do any of it because I was... I actually got into another project, and so I I neglected all the other projects that I had. I was supposed to sign a contract this weekend, didn't do that. The guys like, "What? Where are you?" I'm like, hey, "I'm working on it." And I got to read through that, sign that. I've got, I've got. That's so not a super chat. <laughs> Sorry, I delayed too long. Okay, read it. Let's do this. John, John Mcmasters. McMaster.
1: I look like you from Impractical Jokes.
0: I- Impractical Jokers. Q from Impractical Jokers. I don't know who that is. Let's do images. Oh, he's a good-looking guy. Eh. He's all right. You look like Q from Impractical Jokers? He kind of looks like me a little bit. we got <laughs> kind of the same eyebrows. He's a, he's a little bit more it, heavy. There is
1: one, there's one eyebrow look at that. image. There's one eyebrow image. He he's a little
0: it. fatter than me. but
1: missed it. There, there's he in a, in a uh, gray gray.
0: I don't know what you're saying, Dolly. Second row. This one?
1: No. One more? This one?
0: Yeah. Oh, the gray hat. Could yeah. you gotta use the word hat? That hat. would help. That would help me to understand hat. what you're trying okay. to say. I thought it's uh, like yeah.
1: a baseball cap. No, it's yeah, not a baseball yeah. cap. Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I do that a lot actually. Yeah, we kind of we kind of have a similar look. He's kind of like a, a slightly fatter version of me, but uh <laughs> yeah, we got kind of a similar look there. So uh But this guy said that that John McMaster said that he looks like Q from Impractical Jokers. I don't really know why you wrote that. <laughs> but now we know what John McMaster looks like. Oh, well, was he talking about earlier about something about women or something like that? I don't know. Um, Mr. Reagan, is it going to have new videos? Oh, yeah, I'm always working on new videos. I actually am, I'm actually working on a lot of new videos, which is why I'm not getting any of them done. Um, <laughs> that's, the, that's the biggest problem. Frank James, yeah, he's fat. Um, All right, well, let's call it a night, and we will see you guys tomorrow. This was a really long one. I didn't mean for it to be this long. I actually wanted this to be kind of short today, but we had a lot of uh, stories to cover, and uh, yeah, a lot of interesting news. Thanks for sticking with us. If you stuck with us the whole way through, and we will uh, see you guys tomorrow. You want to say goodbye?
1: Yeah, uh, good night. And don't call it immediately because ah, there's not a super chat. I'll figure it out. Because there's not a super (laughs) chat. All right. It's just uh, Charlie Gibbons. Thank you, To Have a good night.
0: Have a good night, Charles. All right. Bye, guys. Good night. Toxic masculinity.
1: Is it going to cut again? We'll see.